what am I thinking when I'm with this person? How do those thoughts make me feel? And what do I want to do as a result of that? Do I feel the impulse to get up and leave? Do I feel the impulse to kind of like lean in closer? Do I feel like noticing, really paying attention? Because sometimes when we're dating, we're really, really focused on the other person because we want to give them all the attention. But a part of it has to be um, about cultivating awareness of like what's happening in your own thoughts and your own emotions and what are you doing? Because when you focus on that, you take back your control. And if there is a situation that does require um, more action on your part, you'll be in a better state to take action that is effective and intentional and mindful and just safer all around. Hello, ladies, and welcome to the Forever Love Podcast. I am your host and Christ-centered relationship coach, Lily Matonguiza, and this week, super excited to share with you a free coaching session that we did as a group, this community. It's so amazing to see you all. Like It, it just fills my heart up to see more and more women joining in this discussion and really pursuing their God-given desire for a Christ-centered marriage with love, with integrity, from a really wholesome, healthy, Christ-centered place. And being a part of that journey with you is just one of the greatest blessings that I get to experience as a human. And it's just amazing. So I want to thank you for being there. Last week, we talked about personal safety and how fear can actually act as a gift. And it is a gift from God when it is really coming from not your thought life, but your emotional life. And you're going to get to hear me teach on this in depth in this coaching session that we did as a group. So if you want to be part of the next one, I want you to head over to proverbs2426.com slash subscribe. I created a new subscribe page because the last one wasn't working that well. So if you haven't been getting my newsletters, and if you want to be invited to our next free group coaching class, head over to proverbs2426.com slash subscribe and you will be sent the next invite and we will get together and we will do this again this Friday and next Friday and the last Friday of September an hour of group coaching each week to help you really implement the stuff that I've been talking about. If you are new to the podcast, I want you to go back to the beginning because I have laid out so much of this content in a step-by-step process kind of way because that's how I understand things. I always want to understand things and learn spiritual truths at a practical level. And when I do, I want to share that information with you. And that is what this podcast is all about. But more importantly, it's also about and why we're really focusing on personal safety this month is, is that I know how many relationships are destroyed because of domestic violence and boundary violations and just emotional dysfunctions. And it's painful to see the ways in which 
we're not addressing it and preventing it with more information about how to really adopt the mind of Christ and live in a place of love because there's so much more safety and security there. When we focus on what God has really put into our own bodies as a system for alerting us to the true presence of danger so that we can begin to relax when we are in safe places. Unfortunately, a lot of us are in safe environments. Our immediate environment is perfectly safe. There is no danger around us. And yet we're experiencing so much trauma internally. And the mind is is really wreaking havoc over the rest of us. And so I want to help you adopt the mind of Christ so that you can learn how to intentionally quiet a lot of that stuff, not in a resisting it way, like it can't be there, but in a way that through Christ, we can make space for it and be healed from the parts that are really coming up from a, a problem with um, like resistance and resentment and bitterness, like that deeper stuff that is hard. It takes time to process through some of those um, more memorable emotions, if you know what I mean. So that's what we've been up to. And I hope you enjoy listening in on our group coaching session. Remember, if you want to participate in the next one, head over to Proverbs2426.com slash subscribe. Hello. Okay, ladies, I am so excited to be here with you today. People are going to be coming in over the next few minutes, and we're going to get chatting. We're going to talk about the gift of fear. I'm going to answer questions around how we um, discern between legit fears that we should act upon and react to and unwarranted fears and why those might be causing a lot of problems in your efforts to date and to start relationships or to maintain relationships. So it's going to be really great. Some of you have raised your hand to be coached, and I am really excited to interact with you. And at the end, you're going to be able to ask any questions, anybody else who wants to be coached, if there's time, I will keep going. But we are going to get started. And I just want to my name is Lily Matonguiza. I am a Christ-centered relationship coach. My real passion and the reason behind why I do this work, especially around um, safety and dating deliberately, is because the reality is there are a lot of relationships, especially within the church, sadly, that are abusive, that are corrosive, dysfunctional, and a lot of people spend years trying to get out of those relationships. And by people, I mean women, because statistics show that more women than men face abusive, dangerous relationship situations. And I know this from experience. I lived it. I watched it growing up. And I know that there are really amazing men out there who do have the characteristics you're looking for and who are capable of being a great partner. 
And you deserve that. You deserve to be loved like that. And I want to help you embrace your standards, maintain your standards, maintain your boundaries, and pursue your God-given desire for a Christ-centered relationship in a way that feels honest, true, and really, really good. That doesn't mean you're not going to face a lot of negative emotions because that's a real part of human life. We all experience negative feelings. I always tell my clients, you know, it's like they there's a keyboard of emotions. Like imagine a piano keyboard and every emotion is on there. And as a human, you get equipped with the full range of human emotions. There are no truly good emotions and truly bad emotions. They are all powerful fuel for taking different kinds of actions. And a lot of the fear-based emotions are essential for survival. Survival as a human who needs to protect herself. And so emotions like suspicion and concern and just general fear and leeriness, all of those things, they're really essential. We don't want to get rid of them. You need them. But we don't want to always be like, like it's kind of like sometimes we get a little melody stuck in our head and it can be like continuously playing in the background. Thoughts like you can't trust men. Nobody wants you the way you are. They only want one thing. And all of those like negative thoughts bring up unwarranted fears. Okay. And so it is an art and a practice learning to discern is the emotion I'm experiencing right now coming as a direct result of my environment? Or is this emotion coming as a result of my thoughts, primarily about the past and future? Because You'll notice, like, I'm not afraid for myself right in this moment. I'm afraid of what could happen, especially if it's based on what has happened before. Okay. So an example, if you have ever been in a domestic, um, a, a violent domestic situation, you have a pile of evidence and rightly so that men can be dangerous and that men can hurt you and that men can be controlling and and notice how your brain will like take the association, like the, the truth of let's, let's pretend your ex's name is John for the sake of this example. Let's say John did some pretty terrible, rotten things. He was abusive. He was emotionally destructive, all this stuff. But we will take John's behaviors and apply them to men because our brain just wants to keep you safe. Your brain is trying to help. Your brain wants you to recognize like, hey, if John could do it, then these other people who look the same anatomically as John also possess the potential to hurt you as well. So it's just like a safety precaution. So we're taking note, like men have this capacity, but we want to pay attention to is the person I am talking to acting on that potential. Yes, men have the potential to be dangerous. Humans have the potential to be dangerous. Humans do all kinds of cruel and unpredictable things. We want to pay attention to what's happening in the moment that's making me feel this way. 
And is it the moment? Is it the situation that's making me feel this way? Or is it um, just thoughts about the past or the future? Another way to kind of understand this is if you've ever done fasting, you know that you're not going to die, right? Like when your stomach signals hungry, 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 and you get all the little gremlins in there going, and they want food, and you've decided on purpose, you're going to fast, you know, you're not going to die, but your brain will send out so many false alarms, right? It's like, no, you need to eat now. And then compound the situation. And you're fasting, your stomach's growling. And there's like, food on the table and you're with family and friends who all want you to eat and now you've got the compound pressure from the external world plus this signal inside of you saying you must eat and in that moment the demand of the thought because it's your thought saying you have to eat you have to eat that cookie right now becomes so loud and so demanding it feels impossible to like break the pattern between the thought and putting the cookie in your mouth, right? Because it feels so urgent. That is to say, when we are on a date, we really want to pay attention to where is the signal for fear coming from? Is it an internal one or is it an external one? Okay. Recognizing that is going to help you to um, fine tune your responses to your situations and help you to really be intentional about them rather than just being at the mercy of whatever your brain offers you. Okay. Most of us are at the mercy of our brain, but we know that in Christ, we're supposed to adopt the mind of Christ and really begin to transform our mind so that it serves us rather than us serving it. Okay. If this information is intriguing at all to you, I really highly recommend you head over to www.giftoffear.com and there you will find an entire masterclass by blanking on his name. His name is Dr. It's in my notes, Dr. Gavin DeBecker. And his course is is so detailed and so helpful. And I just wanted to make sure as many women as possible know about this, especially all of you who are putting yourselves in vulnerable situations when you are meeting up with male strangers. So I want you to have the information and the resources that you need to keep yourself safe. Because the truth is, there are dangerous people out there. Most dangerous people happen to be male. And when you are in the process of dating deliberately, you're going to end up interacting mostly with really, really amazing people who have no ill intention against you whatsoever. But there's always the possibility. And when you are prepared, you can also allow yourself to calm down in situations that do not require you to be on like full alert. Okay, so if you know how to manage your emotions around fear and panic and when to pay attention to them and when to process them in a different way. And if you have questions about this, please use the chat box. There is a chat box somewhere below 
and you can you can type up your questions and I would be really, really happy to answer them. If you need clarification, if this is making sense, please let me know in the chat box and that'll help us all be on the same page, okay? So again, head over to www.giftoffear.com. If somebody could help me out by just putting that into the chat box for me, just write in www.giftoffear.com. Everybody will be able to see it. That would be super helpful. And if somebody could do that, that'd be awesome. Um, but yeah, that's what I wanted to start the conversation with. We're also going to do some coaching because group coaching is such an amazing opportunity for you to learn from the wisdom of others and watching somebody else get coached helps to kind of see what's happening with the life code more clearly. If you don't know what the life code is yet, I highly recommend you head over to uh, Proverbs2426.com. I have got a uh, podcast all about what the life code is, but essentially it's a, a, it's a formula to help us better understand how our mind emotions and actions really work together so that we have everything flowing in the right direction when we want to make changes. For the most part, people try to control their circumstances instead of their own thoughts, emotions, and actions. And the problem with trying to control the circumstance is that we're arguing with reality. We're trying to change what is, and that never works. Okay, just, it just doesn't. The reality is what it is. Now, that doesn't mean you can't change what's going to happen next. You absolutely can. It's just that as you're in the moment, it's already past and gone and it's out of our control. So we don't want to ever focus our attention on trying to change what is. We want to focus on noticing first what's happening for us in our own thoughts, emotions, and actions. So if this was a dating scenario, you want to be paying attention to how, what am I thinking when I'm with this person? How do those thoughts make me feel? And what do I want to do as a result of that? Do I feel the impulse to get up and leave? Do I feel the impulse to kind of like lean in closer? Do I feel like noticing, really paying attention? Because sometimes when we're dating, we're really, really focused on the other person because we want to give them all the attention. But a part of it has to be, um, about cultivating awareness of like what's happening in your own thoughts and your own emotions and what are you doing? Because when you focus on that, you take back your control. And if there is a situation that does require um, more action on your part, you'll be in a better state to take action that is effective and intentional and mindful and just safer all around. So that's a little bit about the gift of fear and just, you know, public service announcement that I want to share with you in order to help you um, really move forward and date effectively. Okay. Oh, it looks like you can only chat with me, but not everyone else. That's unfortunate. Everyone in the meeting. How do we do that? So I'm doing www.giftoffear.com. Um, for everybody, and I don't know how to change that setting in the middle of our conversation. So if you want to 
send me a message anonymously, that's really easy right now. You can go ahead and chat with me. You just won't be able to see each other's comments, which is fine. Go ahead, say what you need to say. It'll only come to me. And that way we can also maintain some anonymity because if I didn't mention this already, this, uh, this is going to be recorded and I will probably share it on the podcast or somewhere so that more people can benefit from it. So now we're going to jump into the coaching part. And I want you as a listener to really just start to notice. I want, if you've got a pen and paper, what I want you to do is write down along the side of your paper, life, mind, emotion, action, outcome. Okay. I don't know how well this is going to show up, but do you see it there? Life, mind, emotion, outcome, action, outcome, L-M-E-A-O for sort. As I'm talking to people, I want, what I'm doing is taking what they're saying and putting it into these five categories. Literally everything fits inside of these five categories. Like everything we could possibly talk to, I can figure out how to put it into one of those five. And so I just want you to start to practice that as you're listening. What is their thought? What is their circumstance? What is the emotion that they're feeling? What are they doing? And what is the result that they are creating in their life? As you're paying attention to that, you're going to start to make connections back to your own life. And it's going to make sense on how you can apply that. Okay. So today I have Bonnie, Diane, and Lucy who have all volunteered to be coached. And so if you are any of those people, can you raise your hand and I'm going to look for you in the thing. And then I'm going to ask one at a time. I'm going to go with Lucy first. Are you ready, Lucy? We're going to unmute Lucy and ask to start video. Is that working? Hi, Lucy. Are you there? Not um, I'm not video presentable yet. That's okay. No problem. We'll Sorry. just chat. No okay. worries. How are you today? It's nice to chat with you. I'm feeling blessed. Um, thank you. How are you doing? Super good. How can I help? Uh, I think you did. Just listening was helpful. Um, okay. The stuff that you were just mention mentioning last, noticing how you feel and being prepared ahead of time was, was really good. Awesome. Did you have something I could coach you on? Anything, thoughts, emotions, things you want to do, create? Um, no, not really at this time. I just wanted to listen in and, and see what everything was all about. Get a okay. general idea. Great. So I'm glad you're here. And we're going to move on to, I'm going to unmute you again. And Bonnie or Diane, are you here? Let me see. Diane. 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 Hello. Hello. How are you, Diane? I'm doing great. Fantastic. How can I help? Well, I was listening to you just now and um, specifically the spheres that you spoke on, um, <laughs> they really resonated with me because I just got out of a two, I was in a 10-year relationship that ended two years ago and I'm an older lady, so I'm definitely fearful because I'm old school. Mm -hmm. And so um, 
you know, dealing with the fear of getting back out there. I just want to meet somebody and let it be done. I don't want to have to go through a whole bunch of people to get, you know, get, get my needs and his needs met. You said, why? Yeah, why not go through several people to get your need met? Well, I think, you know, I think, I look, okay, I'll be 73 in two months. So I'm thinking, mm-hmm. I don't want to think like I don't have much time left. I don't think like that because my, my family, live, the women in my family live to be 95. But I think, I'm, I feel like I'm ready for a new relationship, but like I said, I just wanna. I don't. I, I don't want to have to go through a whole. The last relationship that I was in was kind of traumatic because I believed in this person and they turned out to be somebody different than what I expected. And so um, I think that's my fear. What if at the mer- next person I meet, what if they're the same as he was? You know. Hmm. I love. Let's talk about that. What if it's the same? And the same being, I feel betrayed. Right. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, in everybody who's listening here, like on a scale of one to ten, how painful is the emotion of betrayal? If ten is like the worst thing ever, and one is like no problem, I get betrayed every day. Like <laughs> for most of it's a ten, right? Like nine, ten. It is up there. It is one of the most uncomfortable emotions. Rejection and betrayal, really, really painful for us as humans to experience it. But what we end up doing is we betray our own God-given desire. We betray ourselves and that desire that we have within us because we are unwilling to experience that emotion again. Like, no, it's just not worth it. And you have to decide. Like, this is an individual choice for each of us to make. Am I willing to experience whatever emotions come up along my journey in order to have the possibility of a Christ-centered marriage? Because as much as I wish I could say I can guarantee all of you are going to get married, that's just not true. But when we show up and we confront our negative emotions, the emotions that we're really scared of, we create the potential. It is now possible for you to have that Christ-centered emotion, or sorry, relationship. But if we're like, "Mm -mm, not if it means I have to go through rejection, not if it means I got to experience betrayal again, I did that, did not like it, not doing it again. Thoughts or questions on that, Marlene? Or Diane, sorry? Yes, yes, yes. It, I Does mean, what you said, feel? and that that's that sounds because I am a risk taker, so that's what I'm, I'm. I don't know what this thing is I got now, maybe because I was with him for ten years, and uh, so maybe that's what you know. That maybe that's maybe that's part of my fear. You know, is mm. mm-hmm. you don't want to waste time, right? On a exactly. That's not going anywhere, right? Yeah, and. One of the ways we really like move through relationships that are on out of alignment with what we really want is when we become committed to feeling the real feelings that do come up. Because I suspect that in that 10 year relationship, tell me if this is true, I could be making this up. I am. But 
if, if it resonates, let me know. When you were with that ex, there were probably a lot of smaller betrayals along the way that you chose not to feel. You're like, mm, 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 mm. we're going to push that down. We're going to ignore that feeling, pretend it isn't there until it like hits us in the face. Is that, is there any truth to that? Or was it like overnight he changed to betrayed you? Oh, no, no. It was, it was things happening all along. Yeah. I, I think, yeah. uh, and it's a long story and you and I will, will probably, you know, if you and I get to coach one-on-one, then we know we can go more into it. But I think, yeah. um, you know, that was things all along um, <laughs> that I, I just, I think I didn't want to recognize, you know. Yeah, yeah. And we actually do ourselves a, fail, a, a favor when we're willing to experience those negative emotions and pay attention to them. So if you're out on a date and there's something coming up, again, not from the past per se, but like from the direct experience you're having with that person, like maybe he's talking to the waitress in a really flirtatious way when he's supposed to be out on a date with you, immediately you should feel betrayed, right? Like he has committed to having a coffee with you and he's out flirting with other ladies in front of you. The appropriate response is to feel betrayed. Yeah? Yes, yes. Yeah, but most of us are like, I don't want to feel betrayed. So I'm just going to feel bad, confused, um, not sure, mixed signals. And then we're like confusing ourselves because we're ignoring the real emotion that is there. Our emotions are there to inform us of so many things. But when we suppress them and we act cute and polite and we ignore things, then we're doing ourselves a disservice. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. I love it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So instead of thinking to yourself, all of you, when you're going out on a date, like, I don't want to feel these emotions because that'll be like really hard and it's not going to be nice and all that angst starts to come up. I just want to like take a deep breath, recognize that that's happening and just be like, of course, I want to feel betrayed if I've been betrayed. Of course, I want to feel angry when there are things, there's our injustices or something is wrong. Like I want to feel sad when someone breaks my heart. This means I am human and I like being human. That makes sense? Uh, yes, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Any thoughts or questions about that? Mm, not for me. I like that. <laughs> cool. Cool. Does anybody else have thoughts or questions about that? Um, Diane, I'm going to let you go and open this conversation back up to the group. Anybody else want to yes. chime in? Thanks, Diane. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's a brilliant example. Okay, I don't see questions or hands raised. If you wanna join the conversation, then please go ahead and raise your hand and I can click on you or unmute yourself. We're a very easygoing group. We're all, oh, I see a raised hand. Who's is that? Raised hand, Helena. Hi, Helena. Yeah, hi. <laughs> um, I just had you yesterday for coaching, but maybe this will help the group too. So. We all don't like the negative emotions, the way they feel. So what do we do then once they come up? 
Mm-hmm. Just sit there, just bask in it, like let it go, like ignore it. I, I mean, we don't ignore it, but what's the alternative <laughs> to okay to it healthily? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I want to. I'm going to show you all. Okay, it's going to be great. We're going to focus on the emotion of sadness because I think we kind of like universally get that lump in our throat. Everybody get the lump in your throat. Okay. When you have an emotion, one of the fastest ways to process it, so emotions, especially the negative emotions, they tend to be like a mile wide and an inch deep. And most of us will spend a lot of time trying to go all the way around the emotion without ever having to go through it. We take the very scenic route and it becomes very, very, very dramatic and long and exhausting. And we just never seem to get to the other side. That's because the way to do so is to go through it. And the way we do that is when we recognize that we're feeling something, one of the first questions we kind of want to ask ourselves is like, what is that emotion? And learning to label our own feelings is so helpful because there is a big difference between the emotion of sadness and depression and frustration and angst. And we want to be able to kind of map out what those emotions feel like for us. So for example, most of us kind of like get sadness right here, but it's going to be experienced by each of us differently. So I'm going to ask you, if you don't mind, I want each of you to think of something that makes you sad, like especially a thought about something that like feels like a bit of an attack. And I want you to let that feeling of sadness kind of come up. And if you don't mind, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. So you're going to close your eyes. You're going to notice sadness. And just go ahead and put a hand over that spot. It's right here. Just kind of like bring a hand there and bring some deep breath into that spot. And just say, this is where sadness lives. This is where sadness lives in my body. And it's okay. And we're going to start to notice it. Sadness feels like a ball in my throat. So what does it feel like for you? What shape is it? Shape is your sadness. What color is it? What size is it? Is it really big? Is it very small? Does it feel like it's changing size? Is it moving or is it stationary? What direction is it moving? Is it going up and down? Is it going sideways? Is it swirling? Is it moving fast or slow? Is anything changing around it? When we begin to ask these kinds of questions, we drop out of the actual experience of sadness and we become the observer of it. And we tune into curiosity which helps us move through the emotion rather than resisting it. Because resisting it is like going all the way around the lake. We don't really need to do that. We just need to go right on in. And that's super scary because most of us think that if we allow this emotion to be there, then we'll get stuck in it or we'll have to act on it. And we don't want to cry. We don't want to throw a tantrum. We don't want to like, wine or whatever we think is going to happen if we allow the emotion. But the truth is when you allow the emotion, 
you actually like the impulse to act on it goes way, way, way down. And you can break that chain in the cycle because thoughts trigger emotions and emotions create the impulse to behave in a certain way. Okay. So when we allow the emotion, we get to take back control of our own mind and body, and we get to decide whether or not we want to be obedient to what our emotion is kind of trying to get us to do. And it helps really create a nice, nice little pillow between the emotion that we're experiencing and the behavior that we want to act on impulsively. Does that help? So whatever emotion is coming up for you, and I highly recommend you do this with positive emotions just as much as with negative emotions. Like, what does joy feel like in your body? Because sometimes like these negative emotions have um, like very close neighbors with really positive emotions. Like, for example, anxiety and excitement. Can you differentiate between the two in your mind? or in your body? Do you know the difference? Because sometimes excitement can feel very similar to anxiety. And if we're like, aware of the sensations, we can easily be tricked into thinking it's anxiety instead of excitement. And if we're aware that there is such a close similarity, we can sometimes lean like, shift the balance back towards the one we want to feel. So if I'm noticing I'm having a lot of anxiety, it's, it's much easier to lean into excitement than it might be to lean into calm. Calm and anxiety are not close neighbors, but anxiety and excitement are. So if we're feeling anxious, we can move towards excited. A little bit of an easier transition than, say, um, anxious to calm or peace. Helpful? Thanks, Helena. That was a great question. Any other thoughts on that? Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, where is Bonnie? Is Bonnie here? I would love to coach Bonnie if she is here. She also volunteered. I don't see Bonnie. Anybody else? Would you like to ask a question, get coached, talk about a certain topic? I am here for you. Okay, I see Karen saying, what I hear is that negative emotions can be a warning signal. Absolutely. We want to pay attention to them. We don't want to ignore them. We want to know where they're coming from, though, and really develop our awareness. And this is why I encourage women to date, and not just for the sake of getting married. I know that that's a really popular teaching, like only date somebody if it has real potential. But there are so many other benefits to dating beyond just getting married. And when that is our only purpose behind dating, then there's so much pressure on a very initial stage that doesn't need to be there. So I encourage women to date in this timeline. So in my book, dating is very non-committal. It is always no strings attached. And dating should be done in a very easy um, way in which you get to feel as comfortable as possible. You should always prioritize your comfort, your convenience, your security when setting up a date, especially when it comes to first dates. Choose a location 
that is easy and safe for you always. Like I, I highly recommend it. Do not wait for the guy to decide where you should go. Decide where you want to go. Decide where you would like to be taken and let him know. And be very insistent, like really own your desires. Like, this is what I want. This is what I want to be treated like. And when you behave in that way and you know that these desires are totally like worthy and should be there and you accept them, embrace them, you get permission to other people to um, follow through and like act in accordance with what you want. So always choose a location and a space in which you feel confident and comfortable, especially if there are people around that know you or can be supportive if anything were to go sideways. Sometimes when we have fears, it's the best practice is to really address them. Like we all have these what if, what if, what if, what if, and we can't answer all of them. But if there is a persistent what if, it's really helpful to look at it. Like, well, what would I do if that did happen? What would I do if I was in a conversation with a man and he said something that bothered me and I felt offended? How would I behave? And then we can choose on purpose ahead of time. Like if he asks for that kind of picture, I'm not going to take it personally. I'm just going to delete him and move on. But if we don't have that conversation with ourselves ahead of time, then it can be very easy to like, oh, why, what is it about me that makes men think that they can send me these kinds of DMs? And what is it about me? And we ask the what's wrong with me question instead of like, what is wrong with him? <laughs> Something is wrong with him and delete. Goodbye. Right? So we don't want to be asking what's wrong with me. We do want to be looking at our situation and going like, what's going on here? And what am I afraid of? And how can I prepare myself if that thing were to take place? What would I do? What would be the worst case scenario? And how would I handle it? What would choices would I make? And making those decisions ahead of time can help you kind of like, okay, I know how I will be handle that and I will be okay, which makes it a little easier for us to do um, things that are outside of our comfort zone. Make sense? Okay. Uh, April would like to be coached. Hi, April. Come on in. Go ahead and unmute yourself. Okay, great. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, great. Thank you so much. This is really great. Um, awesome. So I guess my question is, I feel like I've been sidelined or maybe the question is actually, how do I not get so excited about a potential and just keep myself, I don't know, just kind of just, just date that basically the backstory is um, a couple of months ago, I met a gentleman and he seemed to check a lot of boxes. And then he took, and I mentioned this on, on, on our Facebook group, but then he took a job out, out of the area and it just got too hard for him to come down um, to Southern California from Northern California. And to me, that's preposterous because men have come from other countries <laughs> to see me. So like, you can't come from Northern California to Southern, but that's another thing. But anyway, he checked a lot of boxes or so he said in his words, his actions were not quite there as I think back on it. He's, you know, I like Zumba and he said, oh yeah, my friend says I say I should be a Zumba instructor. And to me, there was that. And then he likes to travel and he has travel and I love to travel as well. So all of that was there. 
um, a believer, I think though I may be stronger, but um, a believer. And, um, you know, things seem to be going okay. You know, we, I travel, he travels, so we didn't see each other that frequently, but I felt like we were on our path to, we talked about, you know, going um, maybe down to Mexico for the day um, and shopping for this particular hat that I wanted. So all these things that seemed like they were a real possibility, a potential, but then all of a sudden it just, it went away. <laughs> you know, we had the discussion. He said it was just too hard to come down and it wasn't worth it for him to come down. And I was just kind of stunned by that because we had just spoken about him coming down and we were going to go to this concert in Malibu. Um, and he's, he didn't make it. So he says, I'm going to make it up to you. So I'm thinking there's continuity, but he's thinking something different. And mm -hmm. so I just feel find myself <clears throat> not wanting to set myself up for something like that again, so for something that seems so promising, only for it to, to be dashed. And I felt like mm. God put the kibosh on it and said, <clears throat> that's it, this isn't the one. And, and, and so in some regard, I'm grateful it was only about three months, you know, but it was very hurtful. It was a painful uh, situation to, to go through. And so, you know, another question is, he was so close to what I, I think that I want is there such thing as a counterfeit? You know, these are my questions I have. Okay, I love these questions. They're so okay. good. How many people can resonate with what April is saying here? And I love what you're saying because like, <laughs> it exposes how humans work so well. We <laughs> think that if we can like hone it down on the excitement, yes. we won't have to experience as much of the pain when it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. We don't have to have as much like, oh, if I just opt for less excitement, then I also get to have less disappointment. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Emotions don't work that way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that happens, like, just like when you are are afraid and you're trying to tell yourself not to be afraid we right. amp up the fear because we're resisting yeah. it and it's like no I'm trying to get your attention like something's wrong here yes we make it so much worse mm -hmm. and we are more afraid mm -hmm. and just like with your excitement you're like don't get excited don't get excited don't get excited don't get excited right. excited. <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah but we can keep it at like a balanced level when we're like, oh, I am excited because it does tick off so many of the boxes. Mm -hmm. Let me see how this goes. And we move out of that place of like super excited and oh, yeah. into a place of like calm curiosity, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. so we want to allow the excitement. Mm -hmm. We want to, ooh, this is exciting. And we yeah. notice it, we pay attention to it, we like it, we enjoy it because it is a fun emotion. Who doesn't want to feel excited? Yeah. Right? And we mm -hmm. also notice how quickly that emotion can switch over to anxiety. It's like, but, but what if he leaves me? And what if this isn't going to work? What if God doesn't want me to be with him forever? Right. We get ourselves all worked up, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So the goal is not to not get excited the goal is to allow each of the emotions in turn and to really sit with them quite respectfully mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really important word is respecting our emotions because mm-hmm. there's a big difference between respecting an emotion and obeying an emotion. Mm-hmm. Let me give you an example between two people dealing with a dog, a, a dog that is growling, a dog that is looks like he might bite you. Now, a person who... Um, doesn't know how to work with a dog might be very obedient to the dog. When the dog growls, they back up. They're like, nope, (laughs) don't want anything to do with that dog. But they might be quite disrespectful to the dog in the same time. They're like kicking at it. Like, get away from Mm -hmm. me, you dog. I don't like you. Versus a veterinarian who Mm -hmm. respects the signals that the dog is giving, but Mm -hmm. doesn't need to be obedient to them because they know that they're there to help. Like I can help this dog. I respect Mm -hmm. that this dog wants its space. I respect that this dog is feeling uncomfortable right now. And I'm going to make my decisions accordingly. Mm. Notice the difference there between that level of respect and Mm -hmm. that level of like thinking I have to be obedient to this thing, this emotion that's happening. Because sometimes our emotions are like loud barking dogs. Mm -hmm. Right? And it's almost like when the loud barking dog is making a lot of noise it's like you know the holy spirit likes to come and roost in our hearts mm-hmm. but it is a gentle dove and yes. sometimes it can feel of course the holy spirit will never abandon us but it can feel like the dog starts barking and the holy mm-hmm. spirit just flies away mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because we're just like i can't hear the holy spirit i just want to focus on like all the noise that's happening in here right And so it's a real process of like, okay, I hear that. I see it. I'm with that. I'm paying attention. What are you here to tell me? What Mm -hmm. do you want me to know? Being curious, staying open and allowing it to pass through rather than trying to block it or trying to hurry it along. (laughs) Guilty. Um, (laughs) Guilty, guilty. I went through a series of emotions around it. I mean, from anger to fear to, I think, the whole acceptance. I guess I was grieving. It was really weird for me um, because I felt the most vulnerable and I experimented with that in this in this dating, I'm not going to say relationship, this dating <laughs> scene that I had. And um, so that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. And, and I thought we had pretty good communication, but because I was asking, kind of taking the temperature along the way. But um, I think, you know, the gift that I take away from that is it, he did some pretty amazing things. Like when he would come pick me up, he would stand outside his truck and wait for me. I'm like, oh, wow, I've never had that before. Mm-hmm. Now I want that, um, <laughs> you know, and then he would guide me and lead me just by the small of my back about you know go this way go that way and I loved Mm -hmm. all of that I'm like oh I want that too you know so so these so it's giving me more things to add to my list (laughs) it's just giving me Mm -hmm. more that I I would really love to have in you know in a mate um little nuancy things that I never I've never experienced before and it was so nice to be taken care of in the smallest ways rather than these big gestures you know but which I'm accustomed to the grand gestures but this was in the smallest ways like I said just mm-hmm. you know guiding me by the small of my back opening the truck and you know waiting for me these types of things were just um I thought pretty special so I take that away from from my experience. That is one of, 
I, I love Helena's question. What are some of the other benefits of dating? That exactly there is mm-hmm. knowing, discovering how you like to be treated. Yeah. Because if you have a very limited history of dating, right. you mm-hmm. only have that as a reference of how men behave. Exactly. And if your bit like past exes have not been great, then mm-hmm. that is all the evidence you are working off of. Mm-hmm. And it is very skewed. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's yeah. true. And so when you date and there is potential there, but it doesn't really evolve into what you had hoped it could be, then you start to build your case for an evidence that there are men who have these qualities. Mm -hmm. It is not crazy to Mm -hmm. expect a man to behave this way. Apparently they're capable of it. I met some. Yeah, I'm surprised. (laughs) Yeah. They didn't have everything to make the relationship work. But now I know that I really like when a man treats me this way. And I'm going to, I'm going to maintain that as a standard. And when I see that somebody isn't treating me that way, I'm going to let that relationship go because it's not for me. Because Mm -hmm. this, this thing that I'm experiencing right now, this works for me. I like it. Mm -hmm. I want more of that. Mm -hmm. Really paying attention. Like, oh, so dating is very much about like exploring what you want in a partner just as much as it is, is about like getting something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I see that. I see that. Yeah. I see. Oh gosh. Okay. Well, I'm. I'm uh, <laughs> and that was another thing. We just kind of met organically. I'm like, oh, no more. I don't have to deal with the apps anymore, uh, which was nice. So sweet. It was kind of old fashioned. You know, we just happened to be out at the same place at the same time, and our eyes met, and it was just a nice connection. So I, I, yeah. I. Uh, gosh okay and here's the secret I want everybody to know like I know that a lot of you are very resistant to doing online dating and I understand why please don't get me wrong I understand why there's a lot of sketchy things going on out there Mm -hmm. but it is just a tool Mm -hmm. we create a lot of narrative around how dangerous a tool it is and it could be right like a chainsaw is a tool you can use it very destructively, or you can use it to help build yourself a house, right? And we need to pay attention to what is fueling our tools because tools just help us accomplish jobs faster, okay? So if we know what job we're trying to accomplish and we know what's fueling it, a tool can serve us very well. But if we're just running around experimenting with chainsaws, accidents will happen, right? (laughs) (laughs) So we want to know, like, what am I doing? Why am I doing it? How am I going to use this tool? How am I going to be safe about it? What measures and precautions and what things do I need to be aware of? How could this hurt me? What am I going to do to mitigate those risks? Because like dating is risky. So how are we going to approach it and mitigate those risks intentionally? We're going to tell a buddy when we're going out. We're going to like make people informed of our schedule. We're going to have all these things in place to help keep us safe. Just the same way we would if we're going into a construction zone, we'd go in with our hard hat. We'd go in with our safety boots. Like we want to be smart about this, but we don't want to let fear be running the entire show. We want to put on our safety goggles from a place of love for our eyeballs rather than a fear of sticks and things flying from around us, 
Does that make sense? Yes. Thank yeah. you. You're so welcome. Thank you for asking that question. I think you had, had a couple more questions in there, but I think we got to the core of that one. Yeah. Yeah. The other one was, you know, is there truly the counterfeit um, phenomenal? I'm just kind of, I guess, done a little study on, on the counterfeit who's so close, right? The counterfeit hundred dollar bill, so close to the real thing, but isn't quite the real thing. And as I mentioned, you know, he opened my eyes to see the way that I'd like to be treated. So um, I, I take that away. But so I want to add that to my list. And does that make him a counterfeit because he did check so many boxes? Does it serve you to believe that he is? Yeah, I don't know. It does anything for me. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. the thing. Like, okay, yeah. maybe. But yeah. does it help? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so many of these ideas and theories are going to like be offered to women especially as they are dating like so especially these kind helpful men want to tell women how to date and mm -hmm. they'll tell you all the things right but you really mm -hmm. want to like stop and assess and say like does it help me to believe this does it serve me in some way to incorporate this information into the way I'm going to do things moving forward sometimes yes and sometimes no and when it's no it's just like okay that's that's not really in alignment with what I want to choose to believe and how I'm going to behave and conduct myself moving forward. Great. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay. Thank I'm going to read a question from Helena. She says, how much can we expect or hope that a man we are dating can grow into all these things that we are hoping for in our ideal relationship? In a relationship, how does one communicate those things that one desires? Example from before, I like being led by the small of my back, et cetera, or I like it when you take initiative to plan dates for us. Oh, I, this is a good question. We don't want to worry about potential at all. Potential is irrelevant. Potential is very, very useless. What we want to focus on is when I make requests, when I let somebody know what I want and like what I expect, do they, do they come to the table and be like, yeah, I want that too. I want, so it's all about forming want matches. We figure out for ourselves, what do I want? And then we ask for what I want. And we see if the other person wants to provide what we want. Okay. And we also want to pay attention. What does the other person want? Do I want to provide what they want? And coming at a relationship from that perspective helps us really pay attention to, first of all, our priorities and our core values. So if you're dating somebody and he's coming to the table with the want of like, hey, I want to go home and have sex. You've really got to be like, do I want to go home and have sex with you? No, this isn't a good want match. Sorry, I'm not the right one for you. Potential is irrelevant here. They're starting the relationship from a completely different place. And I encourage all of you, especially, again, using online dating as a tool for practicing some of these skills in a very like safe environment, because when you're at home and assuming you are smart about how you're posting and what you're posting, all these things, you're in a relatively safe environment. Like there's a lot of anonymity. There's a lot of security. You're alone. You're just practicing some of these communication skills. Hey. I want to go out for pizza on Friday. Do you want to join me? And that might feel very forward because we've been taught like, 
don't tell people what you want. Just embrace whatever they give you and appreciate it. But I don't think that works. And I don't think that's a Christ-centered way of going about relationships. I think we should be really honest about who we are and what we want and what we expect, and then see if the other person wants to provide those things. And if they do, awesome. And again, you have to know what they want, what do they expect, and move forward in that direction. And this is where I really differentiate between dating and courtship, okay? What I just talked about there is like, moving from that um, initial relationship, like we're just getting to know each other, we're going out for a coffee, we're talking about the things we want. Hey, this is what I want. I see myself like this. I would like that from a partner. I would like this. I don't like when people do that. Maybe if you were interested in me, you would do it this way, etc. Giving them options. And then if we like the person, if we, first of all, I always say the, the only purpose of a first date is to decide if you would like to go on a second date with them. Do you want to spend another hour of your life with this person or not? Okay. That is a great first question. <laughs> like for yourself, when you're reflecting on a first date, do I want to spend more time getting to know this person or not? And if you do, then you want to start asking those more important questions. Okay. Like, Hey, you know, do you want to, pursue God together? Do you want to wait until marriage? Do you want this? Do you want that? Here's what I want. Do you want that? And if you find that you have enough want matches, especially around the most important things, and if you don't know what your most important things are, I highly recommend you head over to Proverbs2426.com and take the relationship starter course. It'll help you figure out what your top two core values are. And they are not your relationship with Jesus. That is a free pass. We all as Christians get to choose that one. Like the free bingo square in the middle. But after that, what are your two core values? Because once you know those, it's so much easier for you to articulate them and figure out if the person you're looking at has a, a compatible value. So if you're like, it's really important for you to be adventurous and you are dating somebody who's priority is safety and security, and they do not want anything to do with an adventure, they might be a great guy on so many different levels, but it's not a good want match for you. And you're going to spend most of your time arguing over like, hey, how come you never go out? And hey, how come we can't just stay home and enjoy ourselves once in a while? Right? So really appreciating, hey, these are my core values. This is how I do want to live my life. And it's not worth it for me to sacrifice my core values so that other people get to enjoy their best life at my expense. Like, don't do that to yourself or your partner because it's not fair to either of you, okay? We've had it a lot. It has been really, really amazing. We've got a couple more minutes. Are there any last minute questions somebody would like to pop into the chat box? Okay, I see Jolene is saying, if someone isn't clear where they're at with you and doesn't seem fully ready for a relationship or healed from the past and want to start with a friendship, but also give you some romantic signals, should I give a deadline of them figuring out where they are at? Or what do you suggest where when things are unclear and I've communicated that I already, already what I want? Okay, so I think you probably have your answer based on what I just said it's important for you to stick with what you want. Like, hey, I would like to be in a relationship with you and I would like those 
romantic gestures to be within the context of a defined relationship. Otherwise, I'm uncomfortable with them. This is where we start to set boundaries. Sometimes we don't want to set a boundary because we're afraid that if we do, it's going to jeopardize the relationship. But the truth is, if somebody is ignoring your boundaries, they're not quality relationship material yet. They're still working through their drama and trauma and all that stuff. Uh, Lisa says, Lily, can I just check the website details that you gave earlier on the fear of training? Yes. You know what I'm going to do? After this, I, I shut down this um, session. I'm going to be sending out an email. It's going it, to it's going to take a few hours. Don't expect it right away. But I'll send out an email with the link to this recording, as well as the things that I have mentioned in this conversation, so that you'll all have the links available to you in your inbox. If you are not already a subscriber to the newsletter, please make sure you head over to Proverbs2426.com and in the top right-hand corner somewhere, you will find your subscribe button and sign up so that you don't miss any emails from me. But assuming, I assume you're all here because you're on the email list and I so appreciate you for being here today. I would love to talk more about any of these things, all of these things and so much more with you privately. Throughout September, I am doing a pay what you want special um, because I really just want to get as many people exposed and excited about learning these skills so that you can really fuel your journey towards a Christ-centered marriage from a place of love. And the reason that's so important, like I said at the beginning, there are no guarantees, but it is worth it. The journey becomes worth it when you are fueling that journey with love, first for yourself, love for yourself, and then love for those who come along for the ride and who you meet along that journey. And if you are experiencing your journey towards a Christ-centered marriage from a place of love, is, you, you immediately like multiply the possibility of you achieving your God-given desire. You can't get to a God-given desire without fueling it with the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, patience, gentleness, self-control. Those really are the fuel that allow us to achieve God-given desires. If you're doing it from a place of fear, anxiety, overwhelm, pressure, any of that stuff, it's, it's counterproductive. So the important thing is to stop, learn how to do what you're doing from a place of love. And I promise you the journey will be so much smoother and efficient. And you will get there in the right way, in a way that is good for you and honors your relationship with God. That is all for today, my friends. Thank you so much for being here. I'm going to do this again next Friday. Please, I want to, I want to invite everybody to come. You know people who will benefit from what we're talking about here. Please don't keep this to yourself. Please share it with somebody you know. Share the podcast. Forever Love podcast is available on Apple and Spotify. I would love it if you would do me a favor. If you've appreciated what you've heard here today, here, heard, ooh, can't talk. If you've appreciated what you have heard here today, I would be so blessed if you could head over to wherever you listen to the podcast, either become a subscriber if you aren't already, or please kindly um, leave a review because that makes a huge difference in the 
in my ability to reach more people. And I just want to thank you all for being here today. Until next week, God bless you. Have an amazing weekend and I'll see you again next week. Bye for now.